This is the Peaceful Respite Podcast. It's Wednesday, December 9th, and welcome to the show. I'm Brett, your host, and this is a podcast dedicated to covering Japanese and Japanese-inspired video games. The show kicks off with a little bit about what I've been playing. Over the past week, I've mostly been playing the Final Fantasy XV episode Dusuke Demo. If I'm saying Dusuke wrong, I'm really sorry about it. That's how I'm going to keep saying it, because I have no idea how to say it. This is my first game I've been playing on the PlayStation 4 I recently purchased. So this is one of my most recent and only next-gen console, or even next-gen video game experiences. And I have to say I'm really impressed. I think the game has super fluid animation that looks really nice. So whether you're running around or you're in combat, something about the way the game animates and the way your different party members animate is super impressive. I like the combat, so if you haven't played the older Final Fantasy games, they were traditionally turn-based, and then they started to change a little bit. Like Final Fantasy 12 had this kind of almost simulation-style gameplay where it was still turn-based, but not in the traditional sense. And then 13 also had a different combat system. So 15 is more combat-focused, and it's more action-oriented, so it's a little bit more like Kingdom Hearts and a lot less like a turn-based combat. So on the PS4, you attack with the square button, and, or yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the square button. I could have the button except, but basically what you do is you hold it, and then you move the analog stick in different directions. Based upon which direction you do, it changes what attack you do. So you hold down square or the attack button and then you move your analog stick and it it feels really nice. I like the way that it plays out and the action orientedness of it is I thought enjoyable. I really like turn based games, but you know, it's cool to see this series change and evolve and try something new. It felt a bit more I guess I'd say deeper than the Kingdom Hearts combat, so I really am looking forward to seeing how it evolves until the final release, and I think it could hold up for a long game. Like, I think it could be really fun. And another aspect of it is you, instead of having different weapons you equip, in the traditional sense, you equip different weapons to give you different special attacks, and you trigger those with the triangle button. So, for example, there's one where you equip this lance, and then you do a dragoon jump, so it's like a throwback to the older Final Fantasy games. There's one where, I think it's called Tempest, and you spin in a circle. So, right, you're using a D-pad to change these, which basically changes your special attack. And so you're, you're attacking with the attack button, and then let's say you're in a good combo or it's a good time to use a special attack. You can switch to it with the D-pad and press triangle to do your special attack. So that combination was really nice. You play as a character named Noctis, and he has the ability to warp to different places, and I thought the warping was awesome. So you'll be fighting, and let's say, so different actions use your MP, your, your, your mana points, your magic points, and as it decreases, you get to a point where you can't guard, or maybe you can't guard or use attacks. I don't know, he like becomes frozen, like almost like frozen and kind of like defenseless as a player. And you get the ability to warp somewhere and you can like, let's say there's a tower, you can warp to the tower and hang out there while your MP recovers. I thought that was a pretty neat mechanic. And you can also use it to warp towards the enemy that you're attacking. 
So that was cool. I thought that there was the strange branding. So instead of having traditional save points or save crystals like the older Final Fantasy games, you save by going to a campground. And when you go on the campground, you cook food and they like show this really close up shot of the food they made, which was like funny, but also kind of like a little bit strange. But while you're doing that, you know, in this part of the game, they're out camping and they set up their tent and their chairs and their stoves. And the chairs have this like distinctive Coleman logo on it, which really feels like some like really weird product placement. Coleman, I think, is a U.S. company and makes camping chairs. So it's fitting. It's not like there's a Pizza Hut logo on it. So it's not out of place, but it just felt really strange to me. <laughs> I can't say I was super into that. I wonder if there'll be a lot of product placement in the game when it releases at the end or kind of what the deal is with this, but I thought that was kind of strange. I thought the graphics were super impressive. I, again, haven't played much other next-gen games yet, so I can't really say what the other games look like, but this really feels like a step forward from other games I've played. There's a character in, the, in your party called Prompto, and he felt like the most insufferable character out of the whole group of four people that are in your party. I don't know. He just says some like really annoying stuff and not crazy into what he was saying. So I wonder if they'll tone him down or if that's just what his character will be like. And I guess it adds some variety because all the other members of your party are pretty serious and kind of almost like a, yeah, they don't have much personality, I guess I'd say, but it's only a demo, right? So there's not much story and can't really tell yet, but what Prompto kept saying was pretty, pretty wild and, and annoying. I liked the ability, so I'm playing the 2.0 version of the demo, which added this concept of being on tour. So when you rest, you can either finish resting and go back to the game as normal, or you can go on tour. And when you're on tour, you do a special quest with another member of your party. So it's just two people in your party. And it just says like on tour on the screen, and you do this little special quest and you kind of build your relationship with that character. I thought that was really neat. It was kind of silly and funny and like funny name for it, like on tour, but I thought it was still a really kind of fun surprise when I first saw that and did those did those on tour quests. I will say I really did like the fusion of the world. So you're out, the demo takes place kind of in this forest and wooded area and there's cars and kind of more modern technology, but it's fused with the kind of traditional and fantasy worlds of Final Fantasy. I really like that fusion that the game strikes where it feels modern but still fantastical and it seems like the whole game will be like that based on all the trailers so I'm really looking forward to seeing how that gets flushed out in the entire game. I did not finish the demo yet but I'm getting pretty close and overall I'd say I'm enjoying it. I'm really looking forward to playing the full Final Fantasy 15 when it comes out. And yeah, I think it's cool that they released a free demo with Final Fantasy Type-0 HD, which still had the code, so that's that's pretty cool if you're still trying to play the demo and haven't yet. You might be able to get it. On that same topic, so since I just got a PS4, I've been trying the uh, PS4 Remote Play with the PlayStation Vita, and I've actually been using that to play Final Fantasy 15 for just a little bit, like a half hour here and there, just to try it and when I'm in bed. And... PS4 Remote Play is super impressive. It works really well, and, you know, I think for a game like Final Fantasy 15, where it's not a shooter or something 
where it's really twitchy. It, it worked really well, and I thought it was a nice way to play the game outside of where my console is. The only thing I will say is that when it doesn't work, it like really doesn't work. So there'd be times where like, let's say I'd get a text message and I'm connected to Wi-Fi and that comes through the Wi-Fi or, or some kind of alert or email, the game would just drop and, and take like a few seconds or three seconds to catch back up. So all the audio would warp and input would lag and the whole screen would just kind of like blur and just go crazy. And to me, maybe it's my home, maybe it's my router or whatever. Like, I have a newer router, and my Wi-Fi connection's solid, and the PS4 is wired into the router. But, you know, who knows why? But when it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and it kind of stinks. Uh, so it's like, like, imagine if you're, like, in a super important part of the game, and that just happens. I don't know. That, to me, that makes me feel like it's a little too risky, but I'll probably give it another try. And it seems really good for turn-based games, which I have been playing the most recently released Final Fantasy VII, which is a PS4 port of the PC version. So that was announced last year and finally came out this past Saturday. And I downloaded that and I've been playing that. It was actually a quick save video of me playing it on the site. So if you're interested in seeing what it looks like and what's different, you can check it out there. I'll talk about it a little, a little bit here. So it's the PC port of... Final Fantasy VII, which was recently released on Steam, and like recently, like I don't know, within the past couple of years, a few years, it features trophies, which is cool if you're into trophies, and then it has three new minor features, which are if you push in the L3, the R3, and then L3 and R3 together, it toggles these different settings, one of them being three times gameplay speed, the other being no random encounters, and the third one being just infinite limit break. So they're kind of useful, or uh, like the limit break one's kind of crazy, if you just limit break all the time, you, you, you know, there's no challenge to the game. You just do all these awesome, you know, crazy moves, which is cool, but, like, basically removes any difficulty from the game. So that's cool if you want to try that. The no random counters is really nice because let's say you just want to check out a certain area of the map, but you don't want to deal with combat. I thought that was really nice just to, like, explore with a peace of mind and not worry about combat or having to fly through combat. And then three times speed is really awesome in combat because your time bar for active time battle fills up faster animations play faster even the way your character animates and moves around the world is faster so i thought that was really a pretty cool feature addition to the game if you're either trying to replay it quickly or just feeling like it's a little slow i've only played about an hour of it and so far so good it's not really much of an overhaul from the initial version i've played the ps1 classic version of final fantasy 7 and this version has some minor differences in like smoothing so like the text is not pixel kind of perfect text it's been smoothed and it looks kind of funny but it, it's fine like it's serviceable i'd say and yeah I, I hope to keep playing i never finished the game and i'd like to finish it so i'll just keep going and see if i pick it back up and play it on the same topic which i think i mentioned maybe in a previous podcast episode or maybe it's been more recent news is that sony confirmed that ps2 games are going to be coming to ps4 and they released on Saturday, so a few days ago from today. And with that came the most notable titles to me were Rogue Galaxy and Dark Cloud, which are both level 5 developed RPGs for the PS2. I never played Dark Cloud, but I did play Rogue Galaxy when it came out, and I really enjoyed it. So this news had me really excited to replay that game again. And 
you can tell that they're just emulated versions of the PS2 game because there's some, like, when things load in, the sound kind of warps a little, and there's some little oddities here and there, but they have trophy support, which is pretty neat. It's kind of another incentive to look out for while you play the game, and they're $14.99 or $15 bucks in the U.S., and which I think is an okay price. If you don't have a PS2, which I don't, and you want to output it through HDMI, which I do, and you want to play the game, you know, 15 bucks isn't a bad deal for that. So, yeah, I got Rogue Galaxy, and I played that for about an hour. There's also a quick save of that on the site, so if you're interested in seeing the video of that and how that looks upscaled to 1080p and the gameplay and all that, definitely check it out. It scales up really nicely, so the game is cel-shaded and has a very distinct style, I'd say, and I think that scales really well, even though it's, you know, it, it's actually yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of the Japanese release, so for a 10-year-old game that's 3D and not pixel art, which pixel art, in my mind, scales up really well, right? But when you look at either 2D assets, like rasterized images, or some older models, sometimes they don't scale super well, right? Like maybe the textures are really blurry, but yeah, in Rogue Galaxy, I think it scales up really well and holds up well. I don't know if I'll get to playing that immediately, but it's something I, like, I'm happy to have in my backlog and want to play through in the future. And for I haven't really explained it, but basically what Rogue Galaxy is, it's an action RPG. It's very, I don't know, sci-fi, but still has some fantastical elements to it. And you play as this character named Jasper, and there's some like pirate vibes to it, and you kind of collect your party, and combat is actually pretty similar to Final Fantasy XV, where you move your character around, and then you can attack, and you can only attack so much, uh, and, and you have special moves, and then you... Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can jump, which you can do in Final Fantasy XV demo, too. So, yeah, Rogue Galaxy is pretty cool. I'd say if you're into it, it's definitely cool to have it available. The other game I've been playing throughout the past week on and off is this game called Dreeps for the iPhone. And I heard about this game when it came out, maybe earlier in 2015. It was on the 8.4 Play podcast. They mentioned it. And I played it then, and I didn't really get it. You know, I just, I played it, and I didn't get it. And now I was like, okay, I'm going to give this game another try. It seems really neat, and it seems just right up my alley. And so I gave it another try, and I'm really into it. So what Dreeps is is a alarm playing game. So what you do is you just check it occasionally here and there and see how your character's doing, right? So you have a playable character, but you don't actually input anything. You just watch the battles happen, right? And it's this, this boy on a quest and it's got pixel art style and very retro feel with good music. And you watch this boy kind of progress throughout the map and fight these things called Monteslas. And as he fights the Monteslas, he gets experience and levels up. So you're kind of watching this boy journey and experience and level up. And that's good and all. And he has HP, and the HP he'll lose it. And, you know, it has some mechanics or system similar to a regular role-playing game. The curve to it, though, is you set alarms. And setting alarms is a few different things. So let's say it's 10 o'clock at night and I want to wake up at 8 a.m., I could use this as my alarm, and as you set it, and as you sleep, and you put the app into the background of your phone, the boy actually recovers HP, and as he recovers HP, you wake up, and the alarm goes off, and then he goes back out on his quest, so it's kind of like, during, that's kind of like his time to like, take it easy and recover, and 
So the cycle of the game is pretty much you set an alarm to recover HP. When you've recovered HP and you wake up and you open the game again, the boy goes back on his quest. And I understood that when I first played it. But now when I'm replaying it, I actually realize that there's, you set different alarms to basically trigger different boss fights. So for example, there's this map in the game. And let's say the map has the number of time, like in, in army time, right? In 24 hour time of 16, 1600, you set your alarm for 4 p.m. And when the alarm goes off, you, the character boy, will actually be fighting an enemy. And as you do that, you unlock different alarms. And as you use different alarms, you explore different regions and you have different people in your party. And as you explore different regions and fight different bosses, you unlock more characters and your character gets stronger. And that's kind of where I'm at now. So I don't know what the end game is or if there is an end game or how it continues or anything. But yeah, I'm just really loving the game and the aesthetic of it. And it's just a great game to check in on once in a while and see how the boy is doing, how's he progressing, and as you unlock different characters and watch these fights progress, yeah, it's just really fun. You kind of have this window into this world that seems like it's just progressing, and you have some minor say over it and some interaction with it, but it's very much, you know, its own world, and I, I thought that was really, really awesome. So, yeah, check out Dreeps, D-R-E-E-P-S. And then the game I started playing this morning, which... I'm really excited to play finally because I haven't had the chance to play it is Dark Souls 2 Scholar of the First Sin. So I played the first Dark Souls for quite a bit and I've started it a few different times and had some trouble getting into it back when it came out and then have recently revisited it because it seems like you know the collective industry of people playing games just absolutely love it. So I gave it another shot and got really into it, really enjoyed it, did not finish it, but I'll have more about that soon, not finishing the first Dark Souls. But yeah, I just remember a lot of people really loving Dark Souls 2 when it came out in 2014, and now that I finally have the chance to play it, and it's on current-gen consoles with all the DLC, I'm just super excited. I've only played for about a half hour, and I've just been, you know, walking around and getting acclimated with it, but I'm really, really excited to play it. I don't have much other to say than, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it more. I haven't actually gotten in any fights, so that's how early I am in it. Now, this isn't something I've been playing, but it's something I want to share. It's something I've been reading, and it's the book The Untold History of Japanese Game Developers, Part 1, by John Sepeniak. And it's a, game, it's, a, it's a book about, with interviews with all the, a, a bunch of different Japanese game developers, and, and they're just super fascinating. <laughs> There's interviews with a programmer who did a lot of programming work for Enix, who merged with Square to make Square Enix, and it's way before that time. And just really awesome little tidbits of information. Lots of developers and people that I'm not familiar with or hadn't heard of and now can do a bunch of more research and learn about. So, yeah, it's a really awesome book, and I'm really enjoying reading it. I'm only a few chapters in or a few interviews in, and I, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep reading it. Onward to the news. So... There's some big news since last episode, because last episode was a little bit of a slow news week. The first one is Legend, The Legend of Heroes Trails of the Cold Steel is set to release on December 22nd, so right before Christmas. And that is a new game in the Trails, or in the Legend of Heroes saga or collection of games, which if 
you haven't heard of the other ones, the more recently popular ones are Trails in the Sky. And Trails in the Sky has two parts, and the second part just got released. So uh, that's cool. I, I'm looking forward to checking that out when that comes out. As I mentioned earlier, backwards compatible games, PS2, backward compatible games on the PS4, Dark Cloud and Rogue Galaxy, those got released, which is cool. There's a the Game Awards. Not much love for Japanese game developers, but still I think some things to share. As Witcher 3, Wild Hunt got Game of the Year. Have not played that yet, and I won't talk too much about it just because I think it's outside the scope of this podcast, but that's cool. Congrats to them. And Metal Gear Solid 5 won Best Action Adventure Game and Best Score and Soundtrack, which I actually have played a bit of Metal Gear Solid 5, and yeah, I, I listen to the soundtrack when I work, and I think it's a really awesome game. So yeah, that's that's exciting. Another exciting news is Dark Souls 3 got a release date. So it was set in the April 2016 time window, and it got confirmed for April 12th, 2016. So yeah, I think it's perfect time for me to be playing Dark Souls 2 and getting ready for Dark Souls 3. And they released a new trailer for it, and it just looks looks really incredible in my opinion. It shows off some of the different what looks like bosses and some minor gameplay tweaks and yeah, those games just have really awesome atmosphere, so I thought that was really, really exciting. And the last bit of news is this weekend, this past weekend, was the PlayStation Experience, which is a weekend-long event for fans of PlayStation to go and play games, and there was a keynote where there was a bunch of announcements. So I didn't go to PlayStation Experience, but I did watch the keynote, and I just want to run through kind of my highlights of news. So the first one is... They showed a trailer, a new trailer of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which which was announced at E3 this past year and was just shown with like kind of teaser footage and didn't have any gameplay. So this new trailer had gameplay and it looked a lot like Final Fantasy XV where it was action oriented and uh, it wasn't turn based, right, in the traditional sense. It had really impressive graphics. It had voice acting, which I thought was sounded pretty good. And yeah, it just... Playing, playing the original version on the PS4 and then seeing that trailer was a really, yeah, has me, has me excited for Final Fantasy VII Remake, which they confirmed is the official name. Some news came out after PlayStation Experience 2 just clarifying some things. So the first one is being re- built in Unreal Engine 4, which to me is really exciting because that means that, and they're also using that for Kingdom Hearts 3 and Kingdom Hearts 2.8, which to me that says like, Hey, the people who are working on this have experience with this engine, which means they understand the pipeline of building the game and releasing it. And like Unreal Engine has been pretty proven throughout the years. So it's like, I don't know, to me, that's exciting that they're using like a, a nice engine that allows them to hopefully more quickly build their games. Right. My hope with that is that games will be able to come out quicker because they're not building the engine and then building the game. They're just worrying about building the assets and programming and scripting the game to me. So that's, that's really nice, but again, you know, I don't work there and know the details, but to me, I think that's a good sign. It also is going to be split into multiple parts, so I think a lot of people were torn about this or whatever. To me, it's exciting. I mean, who knows more about the details? The folks involved with the game said that each part is going to be enough content for a full game or, you know, it's too much to fit into one game, so they're splitting it into multiple parts, which I think is cool, you know? Like, you got to kind of just let them do their thing and see what happens and you know, we'll, we'll play it when it comes out, and I'm really excited for that. So, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake looked pretty solid. Then right after that, Final Fantasy VII, VII for the PS4 was made available. They also announced a new Nino Kuni, which 
I was really excited for. I, I really enjoyed the first game. Did not finish it, but really enjoyed what I played of it. And yeah, they showed the second one with a new trailer. I think the biggest part of that was just it was like a total surprise. I didn't see that coming. I don't know if anyone saw that coming. And so Nino Kuni is a level five developed RPG. And uh, yeah, has saw graphics. The first one had Studio Ghibli, which is known for uh, Hayao Miyazaki and other films, uh, anime films. So they were involved with the first one. I don't know if they were involved with the second one, but yeah, excited for Nino Kuni 2. There was a game that was shown at Tokyo Game Show this past year called Neo, and that is confirmed to be coming from the West, which is by Koei Tecmo and developed by Team Ninja. And it felt very much like a samurai Dark Souls and just looked incredible. Like the animation, the the atmosphere, everything about it was just like this dark, gritty, combat, action-focused game. And the trailer for that looked really, really solid. So yeah, Neo coming West... I thought it was really good news. Haven't heard much chat about that really online, but I thought I thought that was really exciting. Uh, they confirmed the Yakuza 5 release date on PS3, which people were looking forward to, which came out actually yesterday on December 8th. And they also announced Yakuza 0 is coming to the West. So that's a PS4 title that's coming to the West. And the last bit of news from PlayStation Experience that had me really excited was the announcement of Res Infinite by Tetsuya Mizuguchi and... So, right, they're showing this trailer, and it's Res, and you can tell it's Res, and it looks really solid, and it was part of the PlayStation VR, part of the part of the keynote. And then at the end, they pan over to this person in this silver suit and takes off the helmet, and it's Mizuguchi-san, and, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, mind-blowing, like, kind of crazy. Like, I don't know. He hasn't really been – you haven't heard much from him or what he's been working on in recent years, and – that was just really exciting. I, I played Res on the Xbox 360 and when they did the HD version of it and really enjoyed it. And yeah, so I think that's exciting news. It's called Res Infinite and it's just a PlayStation VR and PlayStation 4 version of the game. So I just, yeah, I just thought that was really crazy and, and really exciting. And that'll about do it for the podcast this week. On the site, I have those two quick saves for Final Fantasy VII and Rogue Galaxy up. I also am going to compile a post for all the trailers from PlayStation Experience. So all the ones that I mentioned, just so folks can check it out and just have it as a reference of the exciting things that came out of that press conference. And I'm going to start doing live streaming. So I have all the equipment now and all the setup to do live streaming. And I'm going to start with a live streaming series of me trying to finish the first Dark Souls. So I briefly alluded to that earlier in the podcast. But I have a character who's like 40 hours into the game, and I think it's like level 70, which I don't know if that's over-leveled, but I'm near the end of the game, or I have a feeling I'm near the end of the game, and yeah, I just want to kind of stream. It's been a year and some change since I last played. I think it's actually been a year and a half, so I want to pick it back up and try to finish the game and and stream it in hour-long episodes, hopefully every day, at least every day, Monday to Friday, and maybe some weekends. And then I don't know what I'll stream after that. Maybe I'll just do like a, you know, like a, like a Friday night show or who knows what I'll do for live streaming. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a go and that'll be that'll be fun. We'll see how that goes. And some upcoming content is I might write up my detailed thoughts and impressions on the Final Fantasy 15 demo and record some more more you know gameplay videos of different games I've been playing. So yeah, maybe I'll have some content about Dark Souls 2 or something like that. So yeah, that's this week and that's today. I've 
really had an awesome week, I think, in terms of enjoying games and the news and kind of getting in the stride of things with the site. So if you're interested in keeping up with us, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Peaceful Respite, check out the website, Peaceful Respite, and there you'll be able to find videos and different content that's being created. And I just want to say thank you for listening and have a great day.